Well, good morning, everyone. If you will, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Mark, the 16th chapter. As you're doing that, a warm welcome to all of our guests this morning. We're so glad that you're here. Some of you, I, I, I see some new faces. I see some that I already know but are here for the first time, and it's great to see you. And just so glad that you're with us. For those who are joining us in the cafe or in the creek this morning or online, welcome. We just want you to know that even if you're not physically in this room, you're a part of our family, and we're honored to be a part of your family as well this morning. Today is the day, folks. After 40-something conversations, we now come to the punchline of the entire story of Jesus is Life. Now, for those of you who are going, wait a minute, you invite me to church on the day after you've done all the work and like, I don't know what's going on. If you've been to church on Easter, you know what's going on, because that's where we are in the text. Resurrection Sunday. And so I want us to begin this morning by looking at the last eight verses that we think Mark actually wrote from the Gospel of Mark. This is chapter 16, beginning in verse 1, and it says this. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Now, very early on the first day of the week, by the way, real quick question, what's the first day of the week, church? Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, I heard different answers. No, no, Monday is not, you know, this is the, yeah, we're going to try this again. What's the first day of the week, church? Good job, good job. So they get together and it's on Sunday that they come to the tomb to finish preparation that they could not do on Friday when Jesus died because, hear me now, they did not have time. So they're coming to show final respect. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. And my, my translation adds the words, no, duh. Anyone else after being alarmed? And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Let's pray together this morning. Father God, we pray through the power of the Holy Spirit that you will show us what we need to see from this text, that we may be changed. May we go from here boldly and with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. So quick question, have you ever been to a movie, or maybe I was talking to someone this morning, maybe we need to expand it from just a movie, but have you ever seen a movie or a show and you absolutely hated the ending. Uh, anyone see a movie or a show and you absolutely hated the ending? How many of my lost friends are out there this morning? Uh, or Seinfeld, anyone? 
Or what about the movie Inception? You've got the top spinning at the end and it kind of does this little thing. Does it, does it fall over? Does it not? You say, what does that have to do with anything? See the movie. You'll know why we all are frustrated by it. You're there in the theater. You've got your popcorn. You're really engaged. You've spent your children's inheritance to pay for the tickets. You're there. You're watching it. You're following along. And just as it's about to get to the good stuff, or so you think, fade to black. Credits roll. And you're like, what? It can't end here. And you begin to do the what about. It's like, well, well, what about? And you name a character. Or, or what about, and you name that dangling plot line, and you're like, this is frustrating. So maybe for some of you, if you're like me, you don't externalize your rage. It's just internal, sort of a slow thing. So you leave the theater sort of angry about it, bitter, and, and you're frustrated. It can't end like this. You go home, you call your friends. I hate that movie. Why? The ending. The ending, there was so much that I wanted to know. Give me the details. Tell me how this thing resolves. I don't want a cliffhanger. I want resolution. I want the nice, pretty ending, bow on top, all the things finished, and the letters, the end, fade out. That's what I want. Well, for those of us who like resolution, we really despise the ending to the Gospel of Mark. Because here we are after 16 chapters walking through this beautiful story, the greatest story ever told, and it just ends. In fact, everything Mark has been doing up until this point has been leading us to this climactic moment of the tomb, right? So it begins way back, chapter 1, Jesus, the hero, enters the scene. He comes on the scene in the northern part of Israel. Remember the geography, the northern part in the Galilean area. He does much of his ministry there around the Sea of Galilee. But then in the latter part of his ministry, he's down in the southern region in Judea. He died in the city or right outside the city of Jerusalem. But it starts in Galilee. And he shows up proclaiming that God's kingdom, God's rule, God's reign is here and it will undo, it will overthrow, it will upend the darkness, the brokenness, the injustice of all that has come before. And so he begins to demonstrate what the kingdom of God looks like throughout the gospel of Mark. And you remember these. He goes from place to place preaching the good news that God's kingdom is here. All you must do is repent, meaning turn away from the direction you are going And go the way of God, following Jesus. So he invites people to follow him. He goes around, he heals people of their illnesses, showing that the new way of the kingdom is one of health, that he will bring restoration. He goes around feeding the poor. He gives sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf. He gives restoration to people who are separated from families and society. He fights the darkness. He expunges demonic spirits from people. He is the one who brings the kingdom. Now, he predicted that he would die, and he promised he would rise. And it all comes down to this moment. And what do we get at the end of the story? We don't even get Jesus. Do you realize that the main character doesn't show up for his final scene? I can almost imagine the director calling, cut! Cut! Where is he? Go check his 
trailer. We've got to get him out here. This is the big moment. But it's not that. Instead, we have three women who run afraid and trembling from the tomb, and that's how it ends. In fact, the interesting thing is, when they go, the whole scene is sort of a scene of confusion, and it seems like almost defeat the way it begins, doesn't it? The women show up first day of the week. They bring spices to finish the preparation of Jesus' body because they could not finish it on Friday. They come to mourn a loss to finish the funeral. Now, it was interrupted due to life, but they show up. And when they get there, they see the stone that blocked the entrance out of the way. And listen, they do exactly what you and I would do. If you went to a grave site where a loved one was buried and you saw the dirt out and the casket lid open, you and I would do exactly what they did. We would look inside to see what is going on. They go into the tomb, they look. Jesus ain't there. In fact, here's what's interesting. Did you notice the little detail? There's the clothes there. And there's nothing else except for a man dressed in white. Now, Mark doesn't even tell us that it's an angel. Now, some of your translations say angel, but that's not the word that is actually in the original language. He just says it's a guy dressed in white. So he's like holding out all the good, juicy details. It's almost as though Mark is doing this on purpose. He doesn't want us to be distracted by secondary details. He doesn't want us to be marveling over this. He wants us to marvel over what was marvelous. That the tomb was empty. And the angel says, he's not here, he's risen. And the women freak out. And he says, go tell. Go tell. Why does Mark end this way on such a cliffhanger. Now, there's a couple different possibilities. And, you know, one of the things that we wrestle with is why does Mark end it this way? One of the possibilities, and this is what many scholars think. Many scholars think, well, probably what happened is the original ending just sort of fell off. You see, the way that manuscripts or scrolls are made is you would have strips of parchment and they would be glued together. And you can sort of see the seam here and the seams here. And what they would do is they would take these and and they would sort of, you know, they would unroll and they'd roll and they'd unroll and they'd roll and they'd unroll. But what would happen is over time, sometimes, well, you lose part of it. And so some people think, oh, well, there's really an ending to Mark out there somewhere, but we just don't have it. It fell off. And so people think, well, if that's the case, probably what happened is the verses we have, verse 9 through 20, Those were added by the second century, some Christians who said, hey, let's just finish this out the right way. So some people think that's what happened. But what if, church, what if this is the most perfect ending to this story? What if Mark ends the gospel on a cliffhanger intentionally? What if all along he is simply trying to tell each of us that this is not the end? He doesn't give you the the end because it isn't. In fact, if we had been paying attention from the very first verse of the very first chapter, he has been saying, this is not the end. Mark Chapter 1, verse 1 says, the, what's this word? Let's try this again. Ready? The, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son 
of God. This is simply the opening salvo saying, it is the beginning. Hear me now, church. This is not the end of the story. Resurrection is just the beginning. And the reason he doesn't end with some happy finishing is so that way you and I recognize that what began in an abandoned tomb in Jerusalem has not come to an end yet. It is continuing to roll its way on through history. And what began with three scared women has been passed from person to person to group to group until it finally caught traction. And this message even caught on a boat in 1492, the year that Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yeah, you went to school with me, didn't you? And it came to this part of the world and it began to be spread until it came to this wonderful little place called Chattanooga. And here in Chattanooga, it was shared among others and then it was spread to this little area called Hickson. And now, 2,000 years later in Hickson, Tennessee, the good news that the tomb is empty, Jesus is alive, is being passed from person to person because this is not the end, it is the beginning And here's what's so cool about this. As soon as this happens, as soon as the women witness the empty tomb, well, the angel says, hey, you've now got a job to do. Do you notice what it says? Andy, go ahead and pull this up in verse 7. Notice what he says here. But go, tell. Go, tell. Listen, you have good news. Go, tell this good news. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to convince anyone. All you have to do is go, tell, go, tell. What do you tell? You say, here's the thing. Here's the good news. The tomb is empty. Jesus is risen. He took our sin into the tomb, but he did not bring it back out. What he brought out was new life. For anyone who needs new life, this is good news. Mark continues. He says, but go tell his disciples and notice this. And he says, and Peter, Peter. Now here's why I find this interesting. Two reasons. Number one, Mark is the author, but remember who is Mark's primary source? Peter. Peter's the one sharing the stories. Peter's the one who's saying, oh, write this down. Oh, what about that? But here's the real thing that I find fascinating. Of all the followers, of all the characters of the story, few failed Jesus as badly as Peter. Can you imagine being Peter in this moment, by the way? You're hiding in a room with the other followers and three scared women bust through the door and they say, you will not believe it. He ain't there. Who's not there? Jesus, he is not in the tomb. It's empty in the sky and white. He had wings, but Mark, you don't say that. But he had wings, we think. And, 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 and he told us this happened and that he's not here and all this. And, 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 and he told us to come tell you, oh, Jesus wants you to know something also, Peter. He's looking for you. Dun, dun, dun. Big music here. Can you imagine being Peter in this moment? You're hearing the words that Jesus... The one you absolutely failed, the one you promised you'd never run from, the one you'd always stand up for, the one you would be there in a pinch, and yet 
As soon as it got tough, you denied him. In fact, you didn't deny him under threat of death. Rather, you crumpled under the intense interrogation of a 14-year-old girl. Can you imagine being Peter in this moment? Why does Peter get a shout out? I think it's simply this. Peter, you need to know, maybe more than anyone else, and for all the Peters in the room this morning, you need to know that the resurrection is not about endings. This is about new beginnings. That Jesus is out of the tomb, he is risen, and his word to you, to all the Peters, to Josh, who is Peter so often, to you, maybe if you're a Peter, you think back to what you've done and where you've done it and what you did and how you did it and how you can't undo it. His word to you, it's not over. This is not the end because Jesus is risen This is a new beginning. You can start again. Second chances. In fact, you notice where he goes. He says, but he is going ahead of you to Galilee. Galilee, the place where it all began. Galilee, the northern part of Israel where Jesus was raised in the city of Nazareth. Galilee, the area where the Sea of Galilee was, where Jesus did so much ministry. Galilee. Where Capernaum, the city where Peter, James, and John were raised, Galilee, that is where they first heard the name of Jesus. Galilee, the place where Jesus went along those beaches to find those busy fishermen and he said, hey, you follow me, you come, be a part of what I'm about to do. He goes back to where it all started. It reminds me of those moments, and some of you may have done this, where you've been married 15, 20 40 years and you decide you're going to go back to where it all began. You're going to go back and renew your vows in that same little chapel. You're going to go back to that place where he said, will you? And you said, yes. You're going to go back to that place. It's a way of saying, let's start again. That even though years have gone on, even though mistakes have been made, even though failures have happened, this is not the end. This is is a beginning. Jesus goes back to where it all started, Peter. You can go back. It's time to start again. I think there are some of you in here who need to know that it's time to start again. It's not over. This is not the end of the story. It is simply a to be continued, that we're continuing on, that you and I, it is time to start again. Second chances are great, aren't they? Boy, I love second chances. I'm grateful for them. And I know there's always this debate when it comes to second chances. How many chances does someone get? And when is the last chance the last chance? I don't know. But here's what we do know. Jesus is alive. This is not the end. This is the beginning And I don't know how many chances I get, how many chances you get, but here's what I do know. We have one more chance today, church. Today, Jesus is looking for you like he's looking for me, like he's looking for us, like he's looking for our neighbors, like he's looking for our friends. Jesus is alive. He is risen. And there's nothing in all of creation that will keep him that will stop him from getting to you. Peter, I'm coming to you. I'm looking for you. I'm going to find you. I always get tickled when people say things like, I found Jesus. I'm like, 
Excuse me? First off, who talks that way? But second, Jesus wasn't lost. You didn't find Jesus. Jesus found you. Jesus found me. Jesus found us. And he is saying to Peter and he's saying to us here in this room 2,000 years later, Tomb couldn't hold me from finding you. Your sin couldn't keep Jesus from finding you. What you did last week, last month, or what you did last summer, hello, 90s, can't keep you from him. He is looking for you. The death could not keep him. The grave could not hold him. Your mistakes cannot upend what he has done. He is alive. This is not the end. This is a story of new beginnings. Next week, in fact, we're going to begin a new series talking about what we are now here for as a church because of the resurrection. And and if you're sort of kicking the tires of faith, next week is the best week to show up because we're going to talk about what is it, what is the one thing that we're all about, what is the one thing that changes everything and you do not want to miss next week. But here's just a sneak peek. Jesus is here for you. It's not the end. This is only the beginning. And so I ask you as we get... To the close of this brief little series, as we look at the story of Jesus and as we reflect on what's going on, three scared women. For some of you this morning, you're still kind of going, yeah, but what do the women do? How will they respond? Go ahead and put this on the screen. The question is not, church, how will they respond to a risen Savior The question today is now, how will you and I, how will we respond to a risen Savior who is still desperately looking for those who have yet to come home? And the good news is, you have at least one more chance.